Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, 134 at Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, more news involving the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Oilers, uh, Mark Spector and Ryan Rashog reporting that the Edmonton Oilers have uh, let uh, Director of Pro Scouting uh, Dwayne Sutter go, along with longtime PR man J.J. Hebert. Oilers have also just signed defenseman Logan Day to a one-year ELC, 24-year-old Florida native, led all Condors blue, lines, uh, blue liners in regular season scoring. He had 34 points, 7 goals, and 27 assists. Uh, this kid has played his way up the organization, much like Josh Curry. He's a uh, uh, has an offensive dimension, an interesting prospect to watch moving forward. A Brad Hunt type for me. Mark Spector has just stepped out for a couple of seconds. This is Oilers now. Oh, uh, we're excited to be here. I will get to some texts at about one uh, fifty today. Uh, Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 49 years. For minion locations, visit royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Now, Dave Tippett is the front runner for the uh, Oilers job. But one of the names that's out there is Lane Lambert. Alan May, a, a fellow Western Hockey League player, uh, has uh, seen a lot of Lambert with his work with Barry Trotz. Al May joins us right now. Oh, wait a sec. Is that a, a different uh, color? What's going on there with the... Uh, I, gotta, I guess I got to go like this, and then go like. Been away for a week. Al, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back, Bob. Yeah, uh, we're gonna have your old teammate uh, Speck has just stepped out to uh, make a call here. Uh, did you not play like Double A Bantams with Mark Spector? We went to school together. You know, I have so many hockey teams ago. I know we we're in the Canadian Athletic Club at the same time. I can't remember if we we're on the same debacle with a Bantam Double A team or not. Uh. So, um, well, well, Speck, were you on the same uh, Bantam Double A team with uh, Mr. Elmay? No, I played for a team called Mr. Lube. Uh, we were sponsored by Mr. Lube, as I recall. Yeah, don't That's think we didn't hear about That's that a little bit. I, I was mm-hmm. eight. I was Ace Lang Holmes with the Southside Athletic Club back in the day. Okay, so. you were Iron Cole, right? Yeah, I was. Unfortunately, you guys didn't win any back games, then. did you? Didn't win many. Even uh, I think our. I think we were maybe 0-34-2. Come on. <laughs> Are you serious? And, and I, and while we, we had, uh, I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus, but the way they put the team together that season was we only had three second-year guys on the roster or guys that would have been second-year Bantams at the time. And we had you know, some great athletes, some great individuals on the team, but all the other guys were first-year Bantams, and they were all very undersized in a very physical league and a very physical time of hockey. So it didn't work out too well for us. Okay, so I can tell a story here that even you can't tell, Bob. I went to, <laughs> I went to Parkview with Al May, Parkview Junior High. 
we're playing hockey. We're he's playing for Iron Co. They're no good. I'm playing for Mr. Lou. We're no good. But we're both playing and having we're kids growing up in Edmonton like any other two kids. Now a few years later, Al May goes off, correct me if I'm wrong, but he leaves town and goes to play for the Estevan Bruins. Is that right? Yes, that's very correct. Goes to play for the Estevan Bruins. And all of us guys who thought we knew something, we said, man, like, he was an okay player, but he's leaving. He's not going to high school at home. He's leaving for Saskatchewan. He's, he's not that good. Like, he's going to Estevan. And all Almey did was work his tail off with, I'm going to say, not a ton of God-given talent, enough, but a good work ethic. You worked hard. And here we are talking, like, literally 30 years later, you've had a great NHL career. You're in broadcasting. How the hell did that happen, Al? You know what? You just—I uh, was some, played somewhere long enough, had some really good coaching, and uh, just always had a passion for the game. But I always believed in fitness was the next level, and it was—I think it was a, a phys ed teacher that I had in the seventh, eighth grade that was absolutely phenomenal, and he showed me a lot of different things. I just believed in training and training and training before I think most mm-hmm. people thought of all that stuff off the ice that it really mattered on the ice. Right. Uh, I, I'll, I'll tell you this, uh, you broke the heart of a friend of mine because uh, he got uh, blown out of the WHL because of you as a 20-year-old. You got moved to New West as a 20, is that right? Well, I, when I didn't get a scholarship after losing out in Western Canada to the Penticton uh, Knights, they were called back then, to Joe Murphy's team, we lost out. And no one on our team had a, had a scholarship, and everyone on their team had a scholarship. So the next year I was thinking, I've got to do something, to, to, you know, to... To, to make some progress in hockey and, and you know see how it works out. Uh, that individual, by the way, is Dan Baker from Pub 1905. So he ended up going. It might have been as a 19 year old. He ended up going back to uh, uh, junior and had a tremendous 20 year old year, and uh, later played for Mike Babcock at Red Deer College. Uh, all right, so uh, back to where we started, Lane Lambert, because. I'm pretty sure he's in the mix in Anaheim, though Dallas Aikens is the front runner there, and he might be in the mix here in Edmonton. We're not really sure at this time, uh, but what can you tell us about him? Well, I'll tell you what, he, he's an incredible communicator, a great teacher, gets along very well with the players, and with saying that, he's also very intense. So he, he doesn't take uh, guys that aren't doing their job very well. He's very honest, very direct, and you know, a lot of qualities that Barry Trotz has, I think Lane Lambert has, and maybe Lane may be a, a little more progressive in thinking as to how to play the game. Uh, he had a lot to do with the power play in D.C. He had a lot to do with the penalty kill. It, it was very, it improved drastically when he was running the power play, but uh, a very intense guy that brings a work ethic, and, and the players all love him, which is, which is important. You have to be able to communicate with your players. They have to be able to trust you. And there's not one player here in the time that he was here in D.C. Uh, that has one bad word to say about him. They all loved his intensity and his passion, his communication. So he brought a lot to the game. He's been around a long time. And uh, even though he hasn't been a head coach in National Hockey League, I count him as having you know, legitimate experience for the amount of time that he's been on the bench. How tough was the decision uh, in D.C. to choose Todd Reardon over Lambert? Well, the part of the thing was you knew that Trotz and Lambert were, uh, you know, you know, tandem with Mitch Corn, and uh, you know that the three of them went off to the island. But you, you knew that there was something up there, and I think that the fact that the contracts, the way they were, Todd Reardon and the other coaches had extensions, and you know, I just think there was probably a little bit of bias there at the time. But you know, I, I think if the Caps would have hired Lane to be the head coach. 
uh, they may be still playing in the playoffs. And uh, that's not a shot at anyone. It's just that he's got a different way of thinking and a, and a different foundation in his beliefs. Were you surprised that Carolina got vanquished as quickly as they did by Boston? Actually, I was. You know, when you start to see, they just had so many injuries. And, you know, the great thing about, you know, finishing your series the way Boston did is you had time to, to see what Carolina was doing. And, that, that, you know, overzealous forecheck, they were probably the most aggressive team in the playoffs. And it came to Bruins more time to pick them apart. And, you know, after they lost that first game, I think the Bruins had a lot of confidence and how they moved the puck, and with so many different puck movers on the back end for them, Grizzwick and Krug and players like that, uh, Charlie McAvoy, they were able to pick them apart on that forecheck. We're joined right now by Al May, Bob Stoffer, Mark Spector. With you, Stoffer and Spector, for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta Live Racing uh, Saturdays and Sundays out at Century Mile. Actually, I saw Al at the uh, the Canadian Derby a couple of years ago. You were in town for that. Uh, St. Louis and San Jose. Are the Blues going to close this thing off? Well, I've got to believe they will. You know what? Since they started on January 2nd, the style of play that they've been able to, 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 to play most games and impose their will, and it all started with a couple beatings of the Washington Capitals in January. And, you know, the first one was January 2nd when they were dead last place, and they cleaned the Capitals' clocks that night. A couple weeks later, they cleaned the Capitals out again here at Capital One Arena. And I just think that the size of their team and how heavy they play, the way they play below the goal line in the offensive zone, I just have to think and believe that they're going to be able to close it out tonight, especially with all the injuries and banged-up players that the Sharks have right now. You think that they have so many things going for them. I know that there are, you know, St. Louis Blues players that are injured, but you know they're going to be in the lineup and they've been productive. Uh, I, I just, I just believe that tonight would be the night that St. Louis is able to close it out and get ready for the finals on the 27th. What's it? What's it like? Like. San Jose shows up in St. Louis. Turns out that uh, Eric Carlson and Thomas Hurdle weren't even on the plane, Al. Uh, left them home injured. Uh, Pavelski didn't skate, and he's questionable for tonight. We'll see if he plays. But tell me about being in the dressing room when, you know, everyone has to believe and everyone's trying as hard as they can to believe. And, you know, you can't be negative. You can't be a drain. But you look around the room and three of your best players, two of them aren't even there, and the other one might be in a suit. How hard is it to maintain belief tonight when you're the San Jose Sharks? I don't think it's that hard because, you know, just use history, you have Peter DeBoer, and you say, hey, look, two and three years ago, the, the Pittsburgh Penguins were playing playoff games without Latang throughout, you know, arguably one of the best defense in the National Hockey League. Uh, you know, the top one or two right-handed defenseman in the Eastern Conference every single season. They played without him. They played without Crosby. They played with Malkin, without Hornquist, without Haglund. You go up and down with Ian Cole, I believe, in this time. Dumoulin in this time. And, and they were going into games with all these kids from the American Hockey League or a household of names now. And they didn't have any excuses. Mike Sullivan didn't have them. So for Peter DeBoer, you tell him, we just got to go out and do that. And last year, if you look at what the Capitals did in Game 6 in the Pittsburgh Series, no Nicholas Backstrom, and you're trying to beat, and you have to be better than Crosby and Mountain head-to-head in the series. So they moved Lars Eller up to the second spot, and it was up to Kuznetsov and Eller to, to hold Malkin and Crosby at bay, and then they threw a rookie in who had never played a playoff game at Travis Boyd. Rather than putting him at fourth-line center with his skill set, they threw him in a third line. And you just have to go back to that and say, hey, guys, that's a one-game playoff tonight. 
It's a one-game elimination. You're playing this game to win. We're not even thinking about Game 7. And maybe that buys you time to get Hurdle, to get Carlson back into that game where they can play 20 minutes a guy. But you just worry about the one game. So, you know, there's not a player in the league. You know, there might be one or two. But guys aren't losers. You, you believe that you can overcome anything. And we've seen teams go in with five and six injuries at a time and win a game. And the regular season, you know, some of these teams had, had so many players out at times and they continue to maintain. Look at the Arizona Coyotes. All the important players they had out all season long, and they were a victory or two away from making the playoffs. And it's just about sticking together, you know, being patient, and capitalizing on your chances when you can, but making sure you're defensively sound all day long. Uh, very quickly, all we've got a text that's come your way involving what Edmonton should do with Milan Lucic. And uh, as you're aware, the buyout option is quite prohibitive. Doesn't really favor, favor the organization. Well, you know, the, the buyout, I, I think, is the last thing you want to do because it, it just, it, the pain goes on forever. Well, unless you can trade him somewhere, and a lot of times you think the Arizona Coyotes are the dumpy crap, but you're going to have to give them a draft pick and a prospect to, to do something like that. Uh, the game has changed so much. I, I still like the player. I love the effort every night. But he would have to do something so differently physically to get his game back to where it needs to be. Because speed is of the essence right now, getting up and down the ice, being able to get positions to score, to finish hits, to play sound defensive hockey. And if you can't get rid of him, you're going to have to figure out how to have him in your lineup. And, you know, he's a professional player, very professional person of player. And I believe that he'll be doing everything in the offseason to, to change, you know, his body composition and, and try to get himself into a different type of shape, a lot like Alexander Ovechkin did a few years ago. He changed all of his training methods. And, you know, he's still the greatest goal scorer in the game. But what he did is change his training methods, and he came back a lot leaner, more fluid, and maybe had a little more agility or a lot more agility in this game. And look what he's done for the league since he changed his way. All right, Al. Great stuff. Thanks for taking time to join us here in Oilers Now, okay? okay? Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Yep, take care, guys. Good talking to you, Spec. All right, see y'all. See y'all. It is uh, 148 in Edmonton. We'll wrap up the show after this. This is Milan Lucic from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. 150 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now, Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 49 years. For menu and locations, visit royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. To this day in Oilers history, Brendan Escott, what do you got? Back in 2006, Bob, the Oilers get goals from Chris Pronger and Fernando Pisani before Mike Pekka adds the empty netter to push the Oilers past the Anaheim Ducks 3-1 in Game 2 of the Western Conference Final. Pekka and Pisani each finishing with a goal and an assist. Dwayne Rollison turned aside 33 of 34 shots. That was a remarkable run. We almost named Hudson Sean after Sean Horkoff scored the day that Hudson was born, May 17th, 2006. Wow. Yeah. I always liked Sean Horkoff. You know that. I always thought he was a good guy. 
Oh, there's, you know, Al May said that he was early on figured out his advantage would be physical fitness. And yeah. he was right, because he didn't have a ton of skills and all yeah. that. And he, but he worked hard and he was really, really fit. And so too did Sean Horkoff figure yeah. out that if I'm fitter than everybody, yeah. it's going to work. And he had a couple of really good years. Like, yeah. really good. Like, he never looked like he should be as productive as he was. Right. He never showed you that, he never lost some play and go, wow, look at that guy. And at the end of the year, you'd go, those numbers are pretty good. He's uh, a pretty effective guy. You know, 506, he had yeah. 73 points that year, yeah. right? Now, that was the year a lot of numbers were inflated because the amount of five-on-three power plays that were awarded. And, okay. of course, the league is, is loath to do so. By the way, did you see the Mark Jonette stat with San Jose? Was that wild or what? I didn't see the stat. 6-1 and one when he officiates a Sharks game, 0-4 oh when he does a Blues game. Really? Yeah. Well, Mark Jonette is the one referee who consistently calls the least yeah, right. penalties over the course so of regular So an experienced seasons. team, veteran teams get veteran. They would know. Yeah, that they can get away with more because they, he doesn't call. He's a guy that calls the least of all the zebras. And St. Louis is a really overt physical team, which maybe well, they're a big, strong, tough team. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I don't know how, we don't have much time, but we always complain about playoff refereeing. Of course yeah. we do. Uh, the game changes so much in the playoffs. Yeah. And my thing is, it's not like there's a bunch of really good refs sitting at home watching. No. All the best refs yeah. are refing. Yeah. So it does. Well, so why is take it... a deep dive into why it changes so much. And we're asking the refs to ref a completely different game, probably way harder. And we complain about them. And I get it. They so, screwed some stuff up. And that's what's, that's what's crazy about what happened this year, Mark. Because the Blues stuck with it. And they, and, and they were good down the middle. They they added a couple centers and what? Oh, it was a train wreck there at Christmas, though. Right. Come on. They, was, they Worst were, team in the league. You know, hey, it wasn't just so everybody knows. It wasn't just Pat Maroon's name who was out there, Jay Bo Meester's oh, name. All kinds of guys out there. Jaden Schwartz's name yeah. was out there. And the guy scored 11 goals yeah. in the regular season. Jobs were on the line. Uh, the owner had spent more money than he was accustomed to spending in the offseason. Right. And his team was in last place. Right. And, Doug, and now Doug Armstrong's <laughs> up for executive of the year, and they're one game away from the Stanley Cup That's final. Awesome. I love that. It's a great story. Come on. Well, maybe, maybe you got to stick with it. Sometime. It's their first Cup final since what? 70 if they make it? Yes. Yes. Back in the original 12. Yeah. Mark, uh, what's going to happen tonight? I'll tell you. Um, I cannot see St. Louis allowing. Uh, I mean, if San Jose wins that game, missing the people they're missing, it would be incredible. I would definitely have my money on St. Louis. Uh, yeah, I ne- never. I've got a lot of respect for San Jose's organization. Me too. You me never too. write them off. Me too. But this might be it. Hurdle's huge because yeah. he's been so good. Carlson, they can live without, in my opinion. Uh, it's Pavelski. Pavelski yeah. is their uh, spiritual leader. He's yeah. their Patrice Bergeron. Yeah. Um, and him and Hurdle, I don't think they can beat a good St. Louis team at all. There you have it. Uh, let's see if uh, we have Speck on the show again maybe Friday when the Edmonton Oilers announce a new head coach. No, you never will, know. Will it happen that fast? It's. I expect something this week, yes. Yep. All right, there you have it. Mark, thanks for pulling it. A full shift for horse racing Alberta. Live racing, Saturdays and Sundays at Northlands Park. Uh, what do we got coming up tonight? Oh, we got the games. There's no... Reed Wilkins has got the greatest gig in the world. He gets all these shows off because of playoff hockey. Up next, global news, weather, traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 afternoon news with Jalen Nye. So long, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.